Thanks, Carpet. It's always great to be on CQB Radio, all airsoft, all the time. I'm glad to bring to you this week an interview that I did with Grant Wu of Airsoft Hawaii. Grant has been in the airsoft game as long as anyone. I had a blast talking to him, and I'd like to just get right into the interview where we talk about really the thing that we have in common, and that's our common interest in airsoft safety and uh, practical testing of airsoft products. Whether you need an AEG rifle, a gas blowback rifle, or a gas blowback pistol, Airsoft Extreme is the place to go. Try them out and to buy them. Airsoft Extreme carries all the major brands of guns, tactical gear, BBs, whatever it is you need to play, go to Airsoft Extreme. So the only thing you need to remember is AirsoftExtreme.com. This is Grant Wu of Airsoft Hawaii, and Grant, go ahead and say hello to uh, all the listeners. Hello, everybody. Briefly, what is your background in Airsoft? Well, I've been playing Airsoft since about um, 1997. Before that, I was playing paintball since about 1991. So I've been really involved in a lot of these uh, experiments-type games. I've been a referee with my group, Airsoft Hawaii, pretty much from the start. From about like a 98, I became a referee. And then I've gone on to open up my business, Impact Games. And we've been running our business for about seven years now. We do a lot of the really exotic upgrades, really high-end upgrades, using a lot of different materials, such as anodizing, carbon fiber, even chrome, special paint shops and stuff. And I also run a side business from Airsoft Hawaii called Ash Bash Productions. The Ash Bash is another really large-scale event that we do every few years. That one gets about 500 players or so. The Ash Bash events were the first events from the U.S. to be featured in Arms Magazine. And that one, we get a lot of special guests also, such as Paul Chu from Red Wolf, the guys from AEX, both uh, Andrew and Peter Ho, and Mickey, a lot of the guys from different publications also, like uh, Non Magazine, uh, Airsoft uh, International, they always help us out with the Ash Bash also. And you even did so, it in California in 2006. Yes, yes, we've done an Ash Bash event up in California, and that was really successful. A lot of people are still asking us when we're going to come back up there. But um, hopefully we can come up back up to California. We really like doing it up there. But yeah, we'll see what happens in the future. It's, it's great to talk to you finally uh, after writing those emails back and forth and kicking around the whole airsoft safety thing. Yeah, it's good to finally talk to you, too. I, I like your work. Uh, I admire the, the stuff that you did um, way before I even started doing it. You, you had been posting the uh, pictures of different masks that you had tested and put them on your website, although I don't remember what part of the website it's on, and uh, there'll be a lot of listeners to this. Go ahead and tell how to get to your website and how to get to the uh, that section on the early testing that you did. Okay, the testing I did was with my group Airsoft Hawaii. We're basically the oldest airsoft organization in the U.S. Um, you can find us at airsofthawaii.org. And if you go to the website, you'll see on the left menu section, there's a part called ballistics. And that was where we would put all of our articles, reviews, and any other news at the time. So if you click on that ballistics section, you should find in there the article about mask and goggles being tested out. About what time did you do that? That was done several years ago. 
um, when we were doing the ballistics section. The mask article, I believe, we did back in about 2007. Okay, so it's been a few years now. Yeah, it's been a few years since that one was published. And after you did that, what was the conclusion that you came to? Um, or any generalizations you can make about airsoft uh, face safety and the equipment? Well, what we found from that test that we did was we tested a lot of different pieces of equipment that a lot of people use, such as shooting glasses, military-style goggles, uh, mesh-style masks, and paintball masks. And we found that a lot of the really popular means of protection that a lot of people are using are insufficient, such as when we were shooting at the shooting glasses and safety glasses, the lenses held up, but the frames would just fall apart when they would get hit, mm. uh, and we deemed them unsafe. found that the military goggles weren't holding up either, that it was possible to shoot through the lenses on those, and we found that with the mesh goggles, a lot of the fragments of the BBs, the BBs would actually break on impact on the goggles and fragments would fly in through the mesh. Otherwise, some of the mesh itself would start to break apart and the fragments would end up going towards uh, what would have been the player's eyes. The only means of protection that we found were really durable enough to take um, repeated use from airsoft were paintball masks. And we found that the lenses on those held up the strongest, were able to shoot them repeatedly at respectable velocities. We did find if you go really high on the velocities, if you start getting up to about 500 feet per second, even the paintball masks would start to crack. So there is a limit even to those, but as far as regular gaming velocities, shooting at say like 400 FPS or below, they were really the only ones that held up. The paintball style were the only ones? Out of the ones that we tested, the, the paintball style masks, actually the paintball masks were the only ones that yeah, would hold up to, to the airsoft guns. And when you're talking close to 500 feet per second, was that with a 0.20 gram uh, chronograph? Uh, yes, that was chronoed with a 0.20 gram BB shot at roughly about uh, 30 feet away, if I remember correctly. Okay. And um, it was enough to cause cracks on the mask. And we found that when we started getting upwards to about 570 feet per second, the BBs would actually punch straight through the lens. Oh, wow. Hawaii, there's your airsoft field, which is Airsoft Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Are there any other airsoft fields in Hawaii? Well, Airsoft Hawaii, we're actually not really a field. We're more of a, a airsoft organization, a, more like a promotional organization, and we have worked with pretty much all of the fields in Hawaii. As far as the fields go, uh, right now we're currently working with Hawaii All-Star, which is started out mainly as a paintball field. And a few years back, we started introducing them to Airsoft, and we've been holding a lot of our regular games there. Uh, we're holding one of our big events, the Summer Smash, there on August 1st, so pretty soon. And that one, we usually get about like 200 people out there. Otherwise, there are a few other fields. There's uh, one called Wicked West, and there's Kualoa Ranch, which is also really popular. So there's quite a number of places to play in Hawaii. What kind of uh, limits do they have on muzzle velocity at fields there? Most of the groups here stay to around 400 feet per second, such as our events, the Airsoft Hawaii events, we stay to 400 feet per second uh, measured with a 0.20 gram. Some of the fields might go a little higher, like about 420 feet per second, but they usually stay around that 400 area. What about rules for sniper weapons? For sniper guns, um, we allow 
spring-powered bolt-action style guns to go up to 450 feet per second, but if you go with the higher velocity, you're not allowed to shoot at anybody less than 50 feet away. Do you know of there ever being a violation of that rule, of somebody shooting closer than that with the fast gun? There have been a few instances where um, I wouldn't really say it was like intentional. It was more just they didn't realize, you know, how close somebody was. And usually those problems get solved right away. We do have a full referee staff that we train, and they're all experienced players also. So uh, whenever any issues come up, we do try to solve them right away. The reason I ask about that is because even though we, we do have things in place to, to make airsoft safer, if there are guns that have that kind of speed on the field, mistake can occur. And that's, that's the reason behind your group doing the testing is rigorously as you did, and the reason I do the testing as rigorously as I do. Another thing that had happened, are you familiar with the uh, incidents at Fort Ord that was in the uh, NAM magazine in 2007 where they talked about the guy coming around the corner of the building? Yes, yes. Um, we also republished part of that article in the article that I did about the different goggles. Oh, yeah, um, that's where I learned about it. It was actually from you. <laughs> With that one, in case any of the listeners don't know what happened, basically somebody was wearing glasses, was wearing a pair of Wiley X glasses, came around a corner, and somebody shot him basically point blank uh, with an AG that was at field legal limits. Um, I believe the velocity limit over there was also about 400 feet per second. But uh, what happened was when the person got shot, a few of the shots hit the frame of the glasses, causing the frames to break, and the lenses popped out, basically leaving his face open and exposed. So that's why we've been staying away from like shooting glasses and safety glasses and things like that. When I read the account of that that event, it seemed to me that it could have just as easily been a, a sniper rifle that that guy was using right there at the side of the building when somebody came around the corner at what essentially was point-blank range. Um, it, it wasn't in that case, but... Yeah, in that case, it was, uh, but it, it was a regular AEG, I believe. Yeah, but because the, the possibility is there, that's, that's why uh, the testing is as rigorous as it does. The reason I say this is because I'm sure you've run into it, too, that people criticize you for being so hard on the equipment, saying, why do you have to shoot it so hard? Nobody's ever going to be in that situation. Yes, exactly. So... That's why we, you know, we did test to, like I said, 500 feet per second and over 570 feet per second. We do know that in the past few years, guns have been getting stronger. There are a lot of guns that you, you can buy already shooting, you know, around 500 feet per second. We also know that there are some different groups and clubs that um, might not have velocity limits or they might have limits for certain guns, say like a sniper rifle where they'd allow a higher limit. but as you said, mistakes can happen. You know, somebody with one of the higher limit sniper rifles might accidentally shoot somebody at a close range, and then you always have to be ready for the worst case scenario. So that's why, even though we found that the paintball goggles could go up to roughly 500 feet per second before any type of cracks or damage, we like to keep the velocity limit lower at 450, just to ensure that the goggles on the paintball mask are going to be safe. Now, have you had the experience that I have of an old pair of paintball goggles that was ANSI rated uh, still can break at surprisingly low velocities? Yes, that's uh, one thing that a lot of people take for granted is that these goggles, 
the lenses are made of lexin, and over time, the lexin, the lexin can weaken. For, for the paintball industry, they recommend that you change your goggle lenses out roughly every year. Even if you haven't even used it, even if it's just been sitting on the shelf for a year, they recommend you change out to a new lens just to ensure that you are using a good quality, you know, sturdy lens um, that can take the abuse. Yeah, I've also found that the uh, most of the major paintball lenses do a fine job of taking really hard hits. Uh, we did most of our testing of the JT style mask at uh, well over 500 feet per second, and then we put in 0.43 gram BBs. Of course, they shot slower, but uh, same gun, and it wasn't getting through them at all. But then I shot much slower with an old, old, um, I believe it was a JT Invader. And in fact, I got it secondhand, so I, I can't vouch for that actually being the original lens even, but cracked right through it. It was old, though. Yeah, that's like I was saying, um, the Lexan lenses over time, they do start to degrade. So it is best if, if you change your lenses regularly. Also, if you notice any scratches or anything on the lens to also change it as soon as you can. And don't alter the lenses either. I know it's it's been not really common, but um, I know some people, they'll do things like drilling holes in the lenses to allow more airflow, thinking it's going to fight fogging or heat. But anytime you alter the lens, you're also changing the strength of it. Yeah, it, so it, ch it changes the integrity of the whole the structure. Yeah, it's best to just, you know, as they recommend, Try to use new lenses, replace them uh, every so often, and if there's any scratches or any damage, then just replace it. Now, with you guys pretty much just using paintball masks, how do you deal with uh, aiming and getting a good cheek weld on, on your weapon with the uh, part of the mask over your face and over the cheek there? Okay, there is a slightly different way of aiming the gun that we've been teaching a lot of people and you can get used to it fairly quickly. What you do is when you're holding the gun, it's a little hard to explain uh, without seeing any visuals. Later on, we will be putting some, some pictures on our website and some videos also. Uh, what you do is when you're holding the gun and you're about to scope it, you know, looking through your optics or iron sights or whatever you have, instead of keeping your face straight on with the gun, Turn your head slightly so that your nose is pointing towards towards your hand, towards your trigger, actually. So with your head canted a little bit, the mask can actually get in a little bit lower on the stock and kind of look through a little bit out of the side of your eye, out of the corner of your eye. And by doing that, you can get in a lot lower and you can still see your iron sights and uh, we've tried this on all types of guns, M4s, AKs, MP5s, uh, sniper rifles with low scope rings. And you can do it uh, with a little bit of practice. And like I said, you get used to it really quickly. The other thing is make sure you don't have anything that's going to raise up your raise your head, like any type of cheek rest or anything. If you have any cheek rest, take them off or set them to the lowest setting. So I'm, I'm trying to imagine the way you're describing it there. The way I've tried to aim when I'm wearing a, a paintball-style mask is to... Uh, actually put this my, my head sideways along the back of the gun so that uh, usually I'm using my right eye and shooting right-handed so that my eye is looking sideways down the iron sights but you're describing actually straightening the head out more um, well you can do it sideways but uh, instead of keeping your face looking straight forward turn your like turn your head a little bit so um, Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Turn, yeah, turn so, toward so the I, left, but with my eye, look toward the right. Um, 
Well, actually, turn your head uh, more downwards. Okay. So that uh, basically it would be like if you're if you're looking, sh you know, straight on in the direction that your face is looking at, you'd be looking more at like your um more towards your your trigger finger, more towards your grip hand, and you're looking more out of like the left side of your eye, out of the corner of your eye. So you uh, turn to face the stock. Yeah. So you're actually turning so your face is facing towards the gun. You're facing. A little bit towards the stock. You don't have to be like totally looking down at the stock, but just just a slight angle, and that's enough to where your face mask will turn slightly, and you can actually get in a little bit lower rather than the cheek part of the face mask keeping your head away from the gun. Okay, I'm gonna pause the recording for a second so I can go grab a mask and a gun and try this. Are you okay with that? Okay. I have returned. Okay. What I have here is a. Uh a Chinese clone of an MP5 and I'm, I'm trying it right now looking at uh, holding it the way I, I normally do where it's uh, somewhat looking straight out but holding the gun sideways on the side of the cheek of the mask and you're describing pointing my my gaze at least of the mask more towards my trigger finger yeah turn your head like basically rotate your head towards toward my right the right so that'll bring your nose closer to the stock okay and, and sort of look out of the left corner of your right eye um, and should be able to get in a lot closer to your sights. Huh. Um, because of the particular mask I'm trying it with, it's, a, it's one I haven't tested yet called the Proto. Uh, the, the nose part kind of sticks out so it's pushing the gun away as I get in. I'm not able to do it with this mask. But uh, I'll, I'll try it with some of the JTs. Okay. Um, I'll do that later. Are you familiar yeah, with it? Might be, like I said, it might be hard to describe just without showing any kind of pictures okay. or anything. I look forward um, to seeing the video on it. Yeah, I'll try. I'll be posting up some videos both on our Airsoft Hawaii site and also on my store's website, which is impactgamesairsoft.com. Okay. And also we have a Facebook page also. If you go to facebook.com slash impactgames, I'll be posting some pictures and videos up over there also. Okay. What are some of the other challenges of uh, safety equipment airsoft that you've come across? Our main concern is is the face masks. Other than that, see, one concern that we have now are these new really high-density BBs, such as the BioVal BB Max BBs. And uh, Madbowl also released some, some BBs that they, they specifically label for only target use only, but they do have like glass and metal BBs. And those are always a concern of ours. Anytime you're shooting anything really that dense, uh, what we've noticed with the BioVal BBs is they do have a very high impact energy, very high impact transfer. So we've seen damage done to uh, like um, not only the paintball lenses. We've actually seen guys who've had guns with metal bodies, um, like Sistema PTWs, where the body would actually get dented from being shot with these BioVal BBs. Oh wow! Um, so that's a concern of ours right now. Uh, we've actually said that um, we're not allowing any of these BioVal BBs or any other type of glass or metal type of BB at our events. How is that enforced? Do you make the people buy uh, BBs there at the field or search people's things as they come through or just make a rule and if somebody gets caught, they, they get kicked out? Uh, yeah, we've basically just made it a rule where... If somebody is caught, then they, they would be just immediately banned. We have trained our refs. Like, our refs are experienced enough where they've actually spotted some people 
you know, years ago who were using metal BBs and we've banned them and, you know, they haven't actually trained where you can tell the difference between like a, somebody shooting plastic BBs or somebody shooting these other types of BBs. Do they actually have a different sound when they fire them? I know they can when they some, hit, depending on what you're hitting. Yeah, like a lot of it is um, impact. Some of them will have different sounds. Also, when they're hitting different things, like when they're hitting rocks or other hard objects, they do make different sounds. But you can even, if you look really carefully, you can actually see, like they actually do look a little different when they're flying in the air. It takes a really experienced, trained eye to notice things like that. But um, but it is possible. You can actually see see a slight difference. You had once written about uh, concern for how fast the guns are firing. You had mentioned earlier some of them out of the box are firing up to 500 feet per second. And, and you're in favor of having much lower limits in, in fields than that. Yes, like I found that even with upgraded guns, higher velocities don't necessarily mean longer range or better accuracy. In fact, I found that a lot of these, a lot of these new guns where they're already shooting you know, 450, 500 feet per second, don't even shoot as far or as accurate as, say, a good old Tokyo Marie gun shooting 275 feet per second. Hmm. A lot of people, yeah, just associate the power with the performance, but uh, there's ways you can get a really good performing gun with things like the type of barrel you have, your hop-up, even the type of BBs you use. And you can get a low-powered shooting gun shooting just as far and more accurate than a high-powered gun. And that's a message we really need to get out to the entire soft community is uh, speed is not everything. Yes. Also, if anything, the, the high velocity might scare new players away. Uh, if, you know, if you're brand new to the sport, it's your first time, and all of a sudden you're getting shot with 500 FPS guns, you're getting bruised up, you're maybe even bleeding from a couple shots, you might not want to play again, especially with the younger kids. I know like if a parent or if a mom saw their kids coming back and they're all bruised up, they probably wouldn't want to let these kids play airsoft again. And I'm totally on board with that. I, I'm okay with people playing with the faster speeds in their own setting, uh, in their own game, uh, where people are all on board with doing that. But for the rest of us, you know, we don't we don't do it for the pain. We do it because it's fun to play, and that takes a lot of the fun out of it to be hit by something that speed, getting hit that hard. We certainly enjoy having you on the on this Dr. Airsoft segment, and we look forward to talking to you again in the future and, and really, really look forward to seeing you in Hawaii one of these days coming up. Uh, any last words for uh, for our audience? Um, see, mainly just uh, I hope everybody stays safe. You know, play safely. Think about not only yourself, but think about the other players that you're playing with too. Think about you know what they might be feeling, getting shot up or whatever. And yeah, just keep the sport honorable and try to make the sport grow as much as you can. You know, if you need to reach me for anything, you can always reach me at our website airsofthawaii.org, or you can reach me through my store Impact Games at uh, impactgamesairsoft.com. Yeah, thank you for having me and um, look forward to working with you more in the future. Thanks again.
Thanks for listening to my conversation with Grant Wu. As always, I want to encourage everybody to become a fan or to like Dr. Airsoft on Facebook, to subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is Auburn Medical Group, and to visit frequently at airsoftmedicine.com, where you can catch all the latest on airsoft safety and protection. Until next time, this is Dr. Airsoft saying, play safely. Spartan Imports Incorporated is one of North America's largest distributors of premium quality airsoft products for military training and recreational purposes. Our major product lines have full warranties, and we offer comprehensive in-house, dealer, and consumer technical support. Among the many brands and items we carry, Spartan Imports is the exclusive distributor of Magpul licensed PTS, airsoft products, classic army and javelin brands of airsoft guns, and amp tactical and mag brands of high-quality airsoft and recreational shooting optics and accessories.